0: Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out ConfidentGymnast.com for details. Hi guys, on today's podcast, I have the pleasure of interviewing Stacy Herman, who is a fellow mental skills and sports psychology expert who works with gymnasts. So she and I are going to nerd out and talk about how to help athletes through mental blocks, how to improve the whole gymnastics experience, and if, if you're not a gymnast, you can still get a lot out of this. So here we go. Welcome to the Perform Happy Podcast, where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. I have a really exciting guest today, Stacey Herman. She is basically doing a lot of what I do in this world, helping young athletes break through their mental blocks, get connected with themselves so that they can live a happier existence as an athlete um, and beyond. So Stacy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm really excited to be here and be a part of your world because I love being around like-minded people and we're both so passionate about the people we see and the work that we do. And so it's really great to meet you and to be here with you. Well, would
0: you give everybody a little background on kind of your sport experience, your experience as a mom of a gymnast and then how it, how it brought you to what you're, what you do for your career?
1: Oh, that's a big question, right? (laughs) I'm a mother of four kids, and my youngest is a gymnast. She is now at Ball State University. She's doing gymnastics still. She's a sophomore, and she's competing now as we speak. But when she was young, I was a personal trainer, and I knew I had a connection for what people were holding on to their issues about. You know, or like I was personal training and they were trying to lose weight and I would feel like, wait a minute, they're using their weight as comfort and security and protection. So I didn't feel comfortable getting rid of the weight when without something to replace that need with. Mm -hmm. And I went back and I got my master's and I was in doing my master's in therapeutic coaching. And my daughter came home one day and said, mom. Mom. Sarah asked me to do a back walk over on the high beam and I couldn't do it. And as a mom, I was like, that's okay, Liv, you'll figure it out. And I'll never forget the look on her face. It was like, why would you tell me that? You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, that is not going to (laughs) work. And she said that to me, she goes, that's not going to work. And I, you know, at the time I was like, well, let's just try these strategies that I use for school. And working with other people and different, you know, I had worked with people with anxiety and different disconnects like that. And I thought, well, why not try this? And literally that exact three session thing that I did with my daughter is the first session that I do with every single athlete I see. That's how it started. And that was about, I suppose, for gymnasts working with them. It was about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And um I've been working with uh, Twin City Twisters gym here in Minnesota for 10 seasons. I go in and I talk to them about the mental side of the sport. And they didn't really, at the time, the owner of the gym was like, Stacey, I don't really know what to do, Um, but they like it. <laughs> and as long as they like it and it works, we'll keep you around. And I thought, fair enough. We don't, we don't really know. We just, I just don't. At 12 years old, my daughter came home and she said, mom, you know what? All my friends are leaving the sport because of a mental block and you fix mental blocks. And it really dawned on me that it was, I needed to show up for myself the way she was showing up for herself and, you know, kind of put on my big girl pants and get out there and do what I felt was helpful for these kids. And so here we are.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the same for you, but I know when I started, I sort of, I looked at it like, okay, this was my struggle. I couldn't figure it out. When I was a coach, I couldn't figure it out. Now here I am sitting with these kids and I'm like, I really hope I can figure this out with you. Right.
1: Like,
0: I, I, right. And I had to learn as I went along sort yeah. of, you know, and, and, and for me, it was like, oh good. I hope they get their skill. I hope they get their skill. And then I had to realize, oh, that's not the solution. Right. Right. That it's actually that, that sort of perpetuates the issue of like, mom wants them to get the skill. Coach wants them to get the skill. I want them to get the skill. We're all focused on the problem. It's sort of like the weight, like what you said, you're focused on the weight. We need to make the problem go away. But, Mm -hmm. um, I'd love for you to relate that back to how, you know, what you say, like the weight is your security. Well, like this fear is keeping you safe. So if we remove it, what has to be there when it's gone?
1: Exactly. That is such an important point. And you brought up two points. First of all, I think that parents don't want to do this, but we focus on the result. You know, if I see my daughter fall off the beam twice, that's what I am like talking about. That's what I'm thinking about. You know, you know, you did it yesterday. Why can't you do it today? You know, I don't understand why you had this skill and now you can't do it. and so. We as parents, when we're focusing on the result, that puts the pressure of the result back on the athlete. And the athlete, I teach a strategy called A-Circle, and whatever's in your A-Circle is what's controlling you or what's making decisions for you in that situation. And like you said, if I have fear in my A-Circle or if I've got pressure or if I've got an expectation that I'm supposed to do it a certain way. If I've got my coaches in my A-circle and that's affecting me negatively, even though they're not trying to be negative, if it's affecting me negatively, then that's going to control me in that situation. And so for me, when when an athlete has fear in their A-circle, fear is only there to help them pay attention. It's only a reminder to have them say, Oh, thank you. I I just, you know, embrace that fear, love it up because it'll never control you if you embrace it, if you join that energy. And there's a lot of things in in our gymnast A circle that are affecting them and kicking them out of their ability to do what they want to do. And so understanding how to use some of those things that are in their A circle, manage their A circle, kick things out, really helps them start to work with some of those mental things that in the past, if any negative thought would have just, you know, not gymnast wants to be perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, she wants to do it perfectly every time. And what happens a lot of times is if it doesn't go the way they think it should, or if it doesn't feel the way they think it needs to be done, they'll mentally leave their body Mm -hmm. and then they're stuck. And so it's about understanding and using strategies and tools to manage through that so they can wrap their head around what they're doing be more in their body and focusing on what they want instead of what they don't want mm-hmm. i yeah. always say to i always say to, to to gymnasts you know if i see a, a gymnast fall off the beam and I'll, I'll say what were you thinking when you fell off the beam and she'll say i was thinking i didn't want to fall off the beam <laughs>
0: yeah, always
1: <laughs> right so Just helping them understand how to use their mind to support what they're doing instead of it creating its own job, Mm -hmm. you know, where they're worried about what their coach is thinking or worried about what they don't want to happen or, you know, thinking about what they don't want to be doing. And so the strategies and tools to really help them understand it, know how it's happening, why it's happening and a way to manage it. So that over time, like you said, before we were talking about, it's not really just about the sport, but let's use the sport to learn these strategies and tools so that beyond the sport, they can do whatever they want. They could be a doctor. They can know how to manage an employer. You know, they can mm-hmm. focus on how they can be their best in their life and communicate what they need mm-hmm. and communicate and standing up for their own voice and things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I answered your question, Rebecca. Oh, <laughs> so many good things. See, see, I, we could nerd out on this all day. I know we could <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just like, I well, I would love to ask more about, you know, and such a, an image that you painted when you say, when something doesn't feel right, the athlete leaves their body. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so true. And I sort of explain it like, like the athlete, there's the the physical body and then there's the brain. And the physical body doesn't need a spot or a mat or any extra help, but the brain does. And so they have to sort of like look at it like there's two parts of it. And so, you you know, in the way you explain it, it's more like the body and then the whatever's left, the athlete that has left the building. So how do they get back in? Hey guys, quick announcement break. Right now, we at Complete Performance Coaching are looking for five athletes who are ready to break through their mental blocks for good. If that sounds like you or your child, then sign up for a free consultation call with one of my amazing coaches as soon as possible to see if you're a good fit for our Perform Happy Elite training program. This program includes one-on-one coaching with the world's top mental performance coaches, plus tons of support for athletes and their parents in between sessions. You can sign up today at completeperformancecoaching.com slash consult. Talk to you soon.
1: Well, the, you know, when a gymnast comes to me and I like to have parents in session too, because, you know, when a gymnast learns her skills, typically she's just doing it. She's not thinking about it. And that was with my daughter. You know, she, I said, you know, you've been just doing, your coaches tell you to do a round off and you do it. Then they say, do a back handspring and you do it. And then you're doing it on a beam, Right. And parents don't, we can't wrap ourselves around the idea that they're not thinking about it when they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And they're just doing it for the most part in the beginning. And coaches kind of pride themselves on, just do it. Don't think about it. Mm -hmm. Get out of your head. You're overthinking it. And what that does is it kind of gives their mind a little bit of a bad rap. (laughs) You know, kind of like, ooh, then they're worried about that. And then that adds more thoughts that get in their way. And so I tell people, if you can just do your skill without a lot of thought, that's great. That's what I call the doing strategy. But the learning strategy gives you another option. And that's what my daughter needed. She tried to do the back walk over but it didn't go right. And when she did it, when it didn't go right, she mentally left her body and then she was stuck. And so I, I taught her the learning strategy. And the learning strategy is thinking about what I'm doing as I'm doing it one step at a time. And I always say to athletes, if you're not giving your mind a job to do, it'll create its own job and it may not be helpful. Mm-hmm. So the learning strategy is, you know, when I when I worked with my daughter, I said, Liv, when you're doing a back walk over on the floor, what are you thinking about? And she said, nothing, I'm just doing it. She was like, nine. <laughs> and I go, when you're doing a back walk over on the floor, what do you want to be focusing on so that when you go to the beam, you're mentally prepared? I want to put my arms up. I want to arch my back. I want to grab the beam. I want to kick my legs over, square my hips and stand up. I said, can you practice it that way on the floor and where you're comfortable? And then go from there with how you want to move toward the low beam and then the high beam. So you're mentally prepared. And she said, yes. So that's a way for them to then use their mind to support what they're doing, focusing on their, now she's more of a Key words, you know, hands, feet. Uh, My daughter, when she was a freshman in college, she called me and she said, you know, Mom, I figured out most things, but I can't do my series. She goes, they're trying to teach me a new series. And I go, oh, my God, Livy, you're never going to learn a new series. (laughs) 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 That's really not going to. And I go, I go, Livy," And I totally said the mom thing. I go, you've been doing your series since you were 11. Why can't, you know, what's the problem? And she's like, mom, that is not helpful. <laughs> and I go, oh, I said, "Livy, you just have your your mind in your A circle instead of your body. I said, put your body back in your A circle, put your mind in your B circle, supporting your body. Your body knows what to do. Practice it that way. And she literally was like, hung up pretty much on me. And, and that was it. Yeah, You know, but once they can use the strategies and they understand them, then it's just a matter of tweaking what's Mm -hmm. going on versus, you know, having to deal with another mental block and another, you know, things like that, that gets so Mm -hmm. stressful and mentally draining and Mm -hmm. exhausting for the coaches and the parents and the kids. Mm -hmm. So giving them a a way to work through that. And then over time, practicing it that way. I hope I answered your question. Getting back in. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I just, uh, it makes so much sense the way you explain it, that like, it's that's really it. We don't need to think. And that's the problem is that we start thinking on skills where we didn't need to think before. So sometimes when someone starts twisting, where they weren't twisting, or they start double flipping, where they were single flipping, they're like, now I'm having to think in order to do a layout or I'm having to think in order to not twist or in order to do a single layout or a single flyway. And they, they just start, they get in their head. Yes. Like you say, and, and their That's exactly
1: what disconnects them from their body. It's that one moment where the thought, somebody walks behind them and people will say to me all the time, well, she didn't fall. You know, Mm -hmm. she didn't hurt herself. I don't know what the problem. I said, it's just a, it's not anything other than a perception of that particular situation. That gets in their mind, and then that is what grooves their neurology, and we behave mm-hmm. according to that old perception. And so we have to go find out what, how they perceived it and shift that mentality, understand it from a different perspective, mm-hmm. and then moving forward they can behave differently.
0: Yeah. Yep. And then it takes time to regroove the brain. Right. Right. And
1: and, and yes, it it's about then using the strategies to be able to practice them, give themselves permission to not be perfect, Mm -hmm. right? So that they can stay in their body and adjust as they go, being able to work with the thoughts that were once holding them back or the energy, you know, and that was in their way or kicking them out of their A circle and being able to then, again, use the strategies beyond the sport Mm -hmm. And in lots of ways, they you know, in math, <laughs> kicking COVID out of our A circle, whatever that is, and and, <laughs> and you know, depending on our situations that we have going on, but you know, using them. That's my biggest compliment is when people say, "I can see her using it in school," mm-hmm. or she was bullied by this person, and now she's not affected by that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, those things are great to hear because then they're just automatically using them without really having to, like you said, think about them.
0: Amazing. So there's, there's this big part of a lot of mental struggles and anxiety that relates to coaches. And so I mostly get the, the athlete perspective. So, you know, it's like, oh, these big, bad coaches who are also terrible. And having been a coach, I know I was the big, bad, terrible coach at times, probably too. Um, I know you do, you work with the athletes aligning themselves better with their coach. Mm-hmm. What does that involve? You know, for, for an athlete who maybe feels like my coach hates me, or she picks favorites and I'm not it. What's, the, what's the process question. for that kid?
1: I um, love teaching kids how to see their coaches from a different perspective. So if I have a, an athlete, a gymnast who, who is struggling with some of the things that that coach is doing to try to get them to be better. So for instance, if, if, you know, I'll say the coach, that athletes say, well, my coach told me that if I didn't compete, if I didn't boom my series five times, I wasn't going to be able to compete tomorrow. So I always say to an athlete, what is your coach's job? You know, my coach's job is to help me, to teach me my, my skills to prepare me for competition to help me be successful in whatever level I'm at, all that, right? Coach's job is to help this gymnast. But I always say, if I'm your coach, and it's my job to help you figure out how to do this skill, and with what I'm saying to you isn't working, what's going to happen? I'm going to get frustrated. I'm going to not know what to do, because if my skill set isn't working for you, then i'm going to get frustrated and when i'm frustrated i might yell at you i might put it back on you i might kind of you know show you my frustration but i always say to them but it's not your fault if your coach is frustrated it's not your job to take on their energy or their frustration now you can kind of say okay my my coach is frustrated and then you can meet your coach halfway you can say okay, what do I need to do to help me figure out how I need to do my flyway, Or what do I need to do that can meet her halfway so that I can focus on what I need to do because she's just really trying to get me to do my flyway, mm-hmm. And that, that helps the athlete not take on everything that's a problem in the gym and focus on what they need to do, focus on their skills focus on what they can do to, to support that particular situation instead of just feel bad about it. I feel like they're a bad person because their coach is mad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause if it gets left at that, it's like then the little perfectionist who isn't pleasing yes. just feels like they're failing at every step until they're finally, finally perfect, which doesn't ever even happen.
1: Right. And their coaches just want them to be their best. They just don't always know how to manage every single situation. They're, they're people, you know. Mm-hmm. They're doing a great job, but they may not know how to handle that particular situation with that athlete. But it's it, it you know. So, but if the athlete just perceives it as their problem or their fault,
0: mm-hmm. then
1: that's not helping them. Mm-hmm. You know that that's not doing them any favors by that that athlete taking on all this. You know, it's their fault that this the situation is going on and their coach is mad or the coach isn't you know happy with what they're doing or things like that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's such it's a a great way to look at it like oh yeah these coaches are human they're trying their best they don't know what to do they're trying to pretend like they do they hope that they know what to do they think if they get louder with what they're trying it will work better yeah and it's it just isn't so they jump in their a-circle you know I mean I remember
1: Livy came home she was a senior and she had a back issue her entire senior year like the meet before state she needed to compete all around to get to state and nat- to regionals and nationals and her coach said something like your your bars is crappy today Livy you're not competing bars tomorrow <laughs> and I didn't even hear it she didn't tell me that and her friend's mother told me and um I said Livy did your coach tell you you weren't competing bars tomorrow? And she said, Oh, don't worry about that. I'm fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> she had kicked her coach out of every circle. She, she wasn't worried about that, mm-hmm. but you know, that can be difficult, you know, mm-hmm. to just be like, Oh no. Cause they just want you to be able to do your best.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh. I, I, that's what I want for every 12 year old out there is to be like, Oh mom, I'm not worried about my coach at all. Ah, Right. Like imagine. Yeah, they can be frustrated. And I talk about that a lot. Like it's okay for them to be frustrated. It shows their passion. Focus on yeah, that they care. They care. Sometimes they throw their hands up in the air. They don't even want to help you at all because they're so frustrated. They still care.
1: Exactly. And that I also tell them that too. If if she weren't paying attention to you, she wouldn't care. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a compliment her to be so passionate and see your potential Mm -hmm. and know that you can do it. And so they look at that as a compliment and move on, you know, just see it from a different perspective. It's really helpful for them to be able to let some of that go so that they can focus on what they really, what all of them want them to do in the in the first place, their yes. skills.
0: Yes. So, okay. I noticed that there are clusters of mental blocks that sometimes pop up in mm-hmm. in clubs or in organizations or in levels. And, and yes. so my, my thought is, Okay, this is typically culture based. You know, that there is there's something going on that is preventing these athletes from trusting themselves, that is preventing them from feeling confident, that's preventing them from, you know, feeling positive. Do you notice that? And, you know, what what is your recommendation around culture in those situations for anyone who's like seeing that in their gym?
1: Well, and I'm not sure. I'm not you'll have to tell me if this is where what you're thinking, but I see those types of things as sabotage mentality. Like some gyms have a lot of injury. Mm-hmm. Some gyms have a lot of balking. Some gyms have a lot of negative mentality, or like mm-hmm. just they 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 kind of coach from you have to do it this way or you're gonna get hurt, or you have to do it. I see things like that. Is that is that what you're thinking about? Yeah. Like yeah. And I'm always looking for patterns with gymnasts and with kids who tumble and are this. Culture, because, for instance, if if a girl had level seven, I have a girl today working with me, and she was having trouble with show routines and now competition, and so I ask a question. This technique is called healing through time, and it's if you were to know the root cause of this particular issue, when did you pick it up? And the unconscious mind knows of the answers; the conscious mind may not. And she said, um, level seven. With my series, Mike, she called it a connection. I said, what was back then? What what was going on? What was in your A circle? And she said, my coach told me that I, I had to do it perfectly. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to compete. So that's in her mind, if it weren't perfect, and if her coach didn't approve of it, it wasn't good enough. And that's the neuro- neurological groove that she'd been behaving mm-hmm. according to since then. And so when we go back to the root cause and we reconnect the mind with the body or the conscious mind with the unconscious mind, that automatically changes their neurological group from the change of the perception. Cause we learn from that moving forward, they're automatically completely different. Mm-hmm. No longer is that old negative piece in their brain. And so they now have a new mentality about that. And so there's just these, you know, patterns of injury and Those things are all mentally connected. And so I'm always looking for those patterns to be able to get back to that original situation. So that moving forward, that energy might show up. They might have a thought about their coach. Mm -hmm. But then they can use it for how they want to use it. And it's kind of like if I have a limiting belief about myself that I'm not good enough. That's controlling me to a certain degree. Now, but if I can be aware of that thought and go, okay, yeah, that's actually, I'm going to use that as motivation instead of let that kick me out of my A-circle. But I also want to feel enough so I can also behave according to that idea. And so for her, when you, you go back to the root cause and you get rid of that limiting belief about herself with her show routines and her competition, she can perform from a different perspective and we replace it with what she wants to be thinking and doing. But then as that energy pops up, they have a new place to land. So the sabotaging mentality does not continue in the negative direction. She's now in charge of that instead of it controlling her.
0: Yes. So you see it as more of the pattern within us that takes those those little kind of micro traumas or those moments in time that impact greatly. Yes. And then once they have identified that, then they can... And yes,
1: we, mm-hmm. we behave according to our perceptions, mm-hmm. our old perceptions. So, you know, gymnasts are typically so young. And if a coach says to them, that was a terrible bar routine. It's not what's said to them that matters. It's, it's how they perceive it, that gets grooved in their neurology, and they behave according to that idea. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that coach may have just been like, whatever. But if that athlete sees it as I'm a terrible bar worker, or a material person, or you know whatever, then that's what that then they kind of cope with and have to try to work around from that day forward. Mm-hmm. And so, understanding that we can regroup the neurology and go back and learn from that, and then see it differently, that directly changes the way we behave moving forward. And so, it's really interesting for my work to, to be able to help them just one layer at a time, really get rid of all those old things that no longer are serving them so that they can continue moving forward to be their best, you know, focusing on what they want to do versus an old idea that they picked up, especially for the people that they trust, parents and coaches and teachers. Um, Before the age of 10, we don't have our own ability to differentiate what's said to us from what's true about us from those people. So because we don't have our own filter. And so before the age of 10, which a lot of our gymnasts start, you know, that's what I'm working with a lot of times is just regrooving that old perception into something more congruent to who they are versus mm-hmm. something that isn't true about them that they just perceived in a in a way that they didn't know any better,
0: so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're just these blank canvases and the coaches yeah. have so much power yes. Yes. to paint that early. So now I get a question. Yes. 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 I was just going to say,
1: it's unfortunate for the coaches and for the parents, because people say to me all the time, you know, I just try to tell her to be confident. And I always say, telling our kids to be confident, we'd all be perfect. Yeah. But it's not what you say to them that matters. It's how they perceive it. That Mm -hmm. is controlling their behavior. And that's hard for parents because they're not trying to put pressure on their kids or do anything Mm -hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but how their kids are perceiving it may be a little bit different than how they're intending to, to say it.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. There's so many well-meaning statements that parents make <laughs> exactly. that I'm like, no, 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 don't ask yeah. her. Don't tell her, go get your skill today, honey. Just don't say that in the car. It's like, because then when she doesn't get it, she's disappointed you automatically. Exactly. And an exactly. extra layer exactly. of pressure.
1: Yes. Yeah, results,
0: no results. No results, nope, just effort. <laughs> effort and love, <laughs> that's all, exactly. that's it.
1: That's all true. we refer
0: to and fun. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was going to ask you, you know, just based on the way that, that you sort of deconstruct this puzzle of a mental block. I get a question all the time that's like, well, she says she doesn't know what she's scared of.
1: Yeah.
0: And they say, is it okay if she doesn't know what she's scared of? Can she still get through it? Or she doesn't yeah. know why she has the mental block or she doesn't know what happened.
1: Right.
0: So what's your response to that question?
1: Well, end un- so... The the hard part is, is that everything is everything that's controlling us typically is happening unconsciously. So the conscious mind is what we kind of you know work with, but that the unconscious mind may not know all the answers to what's going on unconsciously or mentally. So the way I describe it is it's like your conscious mind is like the monitor of your screen. It can hold about 9 7 to 9 bits of information at any given time. So the conscious mind can take in seven to nine bits of information. The unconscious mind is your hard drive. It stores every thought, perception, every single thing that's ever this person has ever experienced is in your hard drive or your unconscious mind. And so the great thing about it is the unconscious mind knows the answers and we can retrieve that information anytime. So when I'm working with somebody so the question, you know, if you were to know the root cause of this particular issue, when did you pick it up? It's not really a conscious question. The parents are like, what are you even asking? Mm-hmm. But the unconscious mind knows and she'll she'll answer. She'll go, oh, you know, when I was, today I had this gymnast, she was like, when I was in level four, when I was learning my kip, I just wanted to get through my bar routine because I didn't think I was good at bars and, you know, and I wasn't good, <laughs> but The perception of that carried with her so the unconscious mind knows what those where the root cause is or where it originally got disconnected and so the conscious mind doesn't have to know and in a circle when you know when they learn a circle that's what they now know what's in their unconscious mind what's going on unconsciously you know what's in your a circle for that situation oh my coach If your coach was in your A circle, how was that affecting you? Well, I was feeling pressure. Okay. Are you okay with that in your A circle? No. What do you want to have in your A circle when you're doing your beam routine? Oh, my body. I wanna I wanna be focusing on my skill one thing at a time. So A circle provides them the ability to practice being aware of what's going on unconsciously, and then replacing that with what they want to do consciously, which connects the mind with the body to help them move forward, connected, in control, wrapping their head around their body, what they want to do over time.
0: Yeah, great. Right. I love <laughs> that. I love that. Yeah. Just knowing you do have the answer. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And they're not the problem. You know, gymnasts need to know that they are not the problem. I know they feel the problem, but they are not the problem. Mm-hmm. We're just going to step back and look at at things from a different perspective so we can learn about what's actually going on Mm -hmm. and understand it so that they can let it go and move forward with some strategies and tools to manage those situations. They're so
0: hard on themselves. It's so true. So, okay. So now a big question. How do we, as sort of these parts of the sport culture... You know, one of the reasons that I'm excited to be connected with you is that I feel like we have this, we have this job beyond, yeah, okay, you get your back walk over on beam. Yes. But it's not about that. It's more about sending these young women and young men out into the world, able to overcome obstacles and work with their own mind. And how do, how do we all as parents, as coaches start to shift the culture to allow more athletes to be inherently more connected you know, so that we're doing less band-aiding and less mental block fire putting out instead, Mm -hmm. rather than empowering these athletes so that Mm -hmm. these, they don't even need to hit these speed bumps.
1: That is such a great question. And I, um, I'm really on a mission for every person to know a circle. When I teach a circle to a five-year-old, they're completely, completely in their own body. They're, they're not affected by things that can kind of Kick them out of their A circle. Um, I'm writing a children's book for gymnasts, mm. um, and it's a character named Liv, which is my daughter's name, and it's a dragon character. And it's teaching a young gymnast the doing strategy, the learning strategy, A circle, and giving them the ability to understand it as they're doing that. Versus, like you said, and now I have a mental block, an hour, you know, backing up. So, giving people the ability at a young age to to have the strategies and tools that they need to to have a voice, stand up in their own A circle, communicate from that perspective so they can talk about what they need, but having a mentality of supporting themselves so they don't have to, you know, fake, not, you know, not tell them about an injury or not be able to voice what they need in that situation. That's incredibly important in, in our culture and in the sport. And having kids have that voice, then that trust and that over time ability to practice being in their own A circle. My biggest compliment is when people say, My daughter and my son are using your strategies and they're managing it in lots of different ways. And I can just see them doing that. And and I think, you know, just having people have have an ability to practice it and go beyond the goal and really being able to use it beyond the sport while they're in the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, yes, if you want to do high school gymnastics or college gymnastics or the Olympics, or that's all fantastic. But we want to use the sport as a way to move beyond it. So what do you want to use the sport for to support you today? So you can build on it. So you can practice these strategies, but then have them beyond it. If you want to be a doctor. If you want to be a coach, if you want to be, you know, whatever you want, can you see where you can use these strategies to support you beyond that? That is, you know, my, when I hear people struggling and leaving the sport and struggling with other different things, that's so important to me for people to have more tools and strategies so that they can really take care of themselves in any situation beyond the sport
0: hmm Yeah. Yes. And I've heard it described as like allowing the athlete to get back in their own driver's seat or yes. just sort of taking their control back, ownership, responsibility, empowering these young people to do that in this sport context, which is this little blip on the radar of their life. Right. And then they're better for it. I mean, and I look at these kids and something Jeff Benson writes in his book about mental blocks and tumbling is that if I could give you a magic wand and just give you back your skills, I'd be robbing you of this amazing experience you're going to have of getting to the other side of this and what it's going to teach you about who you are, how you think, what affects you, what's like you say, what's in your A circle, what what you're focused on, what job your mind is taking. All of those awarenesses are ones that I, I had post gymnastics because mental blocks took me out. I didn't learn this stuff. But it's like, if we can help these young athletes learn all of this about themselves and become empowered, oh my gosh. It's like mental block was the best thing that ever happened to you in that situation potentially.
1: And knowing that they can be stronger through it and beyond it and using that experience and that energy as a way to move forward. And what I call goal beyond the goal. You know, if, if my goal is to, you know, win nationals, then what would be a goal beyond the goal from that? You know, after I win nationals, then what do I want to do? And that's really gives me the ability to be successful through nationals, because it takes the wall out and it provides a window of success to move through. And so goal beyond the goal is a way to, all right, yes, I had a mental block. And now what? Okay, I want to use that energy to focus on what I'm doing one piece at a time, I want to use that energy as a way to be stronger because of it. Because when I'm a level 10, I'm going to know how to hit every handstand. I'm going to know how to manage my body in a way that I don't know, but I'm going to practice these strategies to build that strength Mm -hmm. so I can do whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. So I can be the best doctor that I can be. And so that practicing the strategies gives them the ability to then have a way to a new place to land, and a way to move that energy that in the past would have been difficult. Mm-hmm. If I broke my leg, I, it's not your fault that you broke your leg, but I want you to take 100% responsibility for it. So you can use the strength that you're getting because of that moving forward to do whatever you want to do, being in your body and using and relying on that. So there, you're you're right. There's this strength from the experience. And I think we owe it to them to be able to teach them how to use that as a, to get better outcomes, to go after what they want, but giving them permission to not be perfect, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and really tying into that alignment for people beyond the sport, um, but within it as well, you know, so as they're going from four to five and five to six or whatever the level is, they have a, a way to move toward it, but it's not defining them it's not their identity, it's not who they are, it's just a part of what they do. Mm -hmm. And I think that alone gives strength into who we are, to add into our life, and in this case, gymnastics, to be more what they want, and and to get out of the sport what they want, instead of this fear, or what if I don't, I had a daughter, a girl today said, my mom wants me to get a scholarship, and I don't think I'm going to do it, and I'm scared, you know, instead of all that, we want them to, to be able to keep moving forward with whatever they decide at the time, not based on the result, but based on their, like you said, their effort or their process versus the
0: result, just the score. Yes. Amazing. Stacey Herman, this has been so wonderful. And I know, I know that the audience has gotten so much out of this. If they want to reach you, if they want to book you, if they want to find you, how do they contact you? Oh,
1: I have a website. It's so-connected.com. I have athletes who settle for more on Facebook. That's my group. And I'm on Instagram. I think it's Stacy underscore connected S T C E Y. I think that's maybe yeah.
0: it. Okay, great. Thank you so so much. yes, Thanks track down Stacy. If you want yeah. to get more info from her, thank you for the work that you're doing. And thank like you that. so
1: much. I, I, I can't wait to do more with you. Yes. I really I really appreciate this and I can't wait to to hang out with you more.
0: Fabulous. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Perform Happy podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls, and I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.